0: Coming up this week on Beyond the Vibe podcast, we're joined by Andy Scott of The Sweet. I was about 10 by then, 10, 11, and my brother and I used to grab the tennis rackets, practice in front of the hall mirror, you know, the, the the steps of the shadow. I really do believe that this lineup, um, with Paul, Paul Manzi as the lead singer, and uh, Lee, Lee Smalls now in as the bass player, I really do think that this lineup deserves to be heard. We were on national TV, and we won it five or six times, and that's when we got to be the support for for Jimi Hendrix on his very first tour. So we went on, I've still got a review somewhere where it said, and of course the Silverstones played a scintillating set and everything was fantastic, and then Jimi Hendrix um, came on and emptied the hall. (laughs) Which is ridiculous when you think about it. Um,
1: cuts deep into the world of music. My name is Aaron Day lead guitarist of uk band these wicked rivers and i'm here with uk music videographer and photographer it's mr ryan Vasey.
2: yes i don't go abroad just yet <laughs> no not <laughs> yet.
1: well a lot of, we've had a lot of questions asking where you're based where um, do he live where does he live you know because the, the people want to know this is what yeah. the people and they deserve to know so i just <laughs> wanted to get that across There. did you like my little <clears throat> i haven't done anything daft in at least a week mm, in course. the intro and uh, ryan mr Vasey does very well to make it ever so professional so my job is to um just bring it down just bring, <laughs> yeah. just bring it down bring the culture down mm. bring the class uh, which is my role in in most situations How are you mr Vasey, this week oh um, i'm doing well of course we've got uh andy scott of uh,
2: the sweep we have this week very exciting legend yes, it's very exciting um it, it, it's an interesting one because um they're, they're about they're one of probably the, the
1: the longest
2: running bands that we've had
1: it's probably the the oldest geezer we've we've had and i must say if yeah, absolutely i've credit no, no he looks fantastic for his age i mean he looks better than me <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's an interesting one
2: i think with them because it is it, it's, it's always good to see a band that's that's kind of done it all yes like we've, we've obviously had quite a lot of new bands on you know that have only just kind of formed so we're, we're kind of seeing them at the start of their journey and um with andy when andy it's like you know he's he, he's been there he's he's had all of these amazing experiences throughout the years and it, it's just interesting to hear like somebody like that kind of speak about that
1: Mm-hmm um, I thought you articulated it very well in the interview as well. Like he wasn't, when you've got such a, a massive wealth of of experiences that you've lived through, you know, it's hard to pick ones out in an interview format to to really put across but he articulated and formed it really well and it was a really enjoyable interview you know to have with him you know he's, he showed his experience and his and his knowledge you know it was in really interesting fa- uh, that there's a lot of cover stuff in them early days you know that was very much how people learned the craft and like obviously they ended up on Opportunity Knox, and then ended up supporting Hendrix you know and it's incredible that they they played people loved it Hendrix played you know and you'll find what happens in the interview yeah. um, but um, it, Mr. Vasey loves that he loves that because I'm pulling you. <laughs>
3: thing
1: um, but yes I mean it's a, it's a weird thing with the, the early 80s you you British sort of scene because I think 70s. 70s yes of we're course going, we're going to with with
2: the suite it's we're talking about early 70s it's
1: like 71 72 innit yeah. yeah it's, it's
3: uh,
2: very early but we we were talking previously before we started recording this didn't we about um we felt that kind of that glam rock r- that kind of that type of rock of, of that era, um, it was, it's a very English and it's a very British thing, and um, you know in America it didn't really happen until the eighties. You know, we were trying to think of like what American glam rock bands of that time were about.
1: I mean, Kiss were, and Kiss be, have, yeah, Kiss were seventies and like I can only think of kids off. I mean I think of American glam and I think of 80s I think yeah. of I mean I think of crew and rat and dock and stuff and it's a t- completely different style because of the time period as well yeah. it takes aspects of, of British glam I mean I love like T-Rex and and bar- mm. massive for me because it was just it's just so cool mm. like and it's, there's something wonderfully cool about wearing something like that it gives it it gives it this um, I mean when we spoke to the damn she spoke about because we said we'd just spoken to you know at the time and she was really excited about it which is cool um and we spoke about this this concept of when you're younger rock music feeling like it's you know fantasy like mm. it's like it's so like it's another world and i love glam because it feels like that you know different characters on stage you're literally dressing up as a different character you know it's all mm. part of it you know and and yeah and i think we laid the foundations for american bands then to, to roll into that you know it was, mm. good, it was a good chat i enjoyed it man
2: yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting for me because i first kind of was reaware of them again because i forgot about the suite for years but um then i heard uh, fox on the run on in guardians of the galaxy
1: yeah it's amazing isn't it the very classic songs that yeah. seem to fit into pop-up in films and stuff yeah still very contemporary still very th- cool this this was it and uh, you know uh, when you look
2: at the catalog of, uh, of songs that they've got you're like damn this is like a strong uh, selection of songs that they've, they've they've done over the years um and you know we we talk about because they they did the uh isolation boulevard mm-hmm. um which is like a, you know a re-recording of certain different songs but um where, where they go back to that it's interesting that they they acknowledge that but they want to kind of update things as well mm. and do it differently
1: yeah yeah considering uh, the band with that many years on the clock as well mm-hmm. like i feel like they're still very much hungry and and i loved andy's enthusiasm for that and the desire to want to to look forward and and take this lineup out on the road and show people you know that the band's still alive kicking and has a lot to give
2: Mm. Yes, and
1: uh, you can hear all about that now. So we're here with Andy Scott of the legendary band suite Thanks for joining us, Andy. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm normally down the pub at this hour, but there, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll try and make it like as close to the pub as we can without. <laughs> right?
0: No, I've, des- I- I've decided once a week. Is, is my time now, maybe twice, but uh, t- Tuesdays, no, absolutely not.
2: <laughs> um, so one thing that uh, we like to do is, um, we like to go back to the beginnings, like the origins of uh, a musician. Um, so when was the first time you remember hearing music and thinking like,
0: this is what I want to do? Was there a moment for you? Uh, well. I grew up in a family, uh, in North Wales, um, of people who could do things, sing, play, play piano. Um, uh, my dad had a couple of friends who played guitars and, um, he thought he was brilliant on the washboard, you know, that, that kind of thing. You know, there's there, there a lot of, um, American music you know early Elvis and uh, Guy Mitchell and people like that and of course um, when Rock Around the Clock uh, Bill Haley came over you know we were all um, kind of but I'll t- tell you what even at an early age I remember looking at this old guy with a quiff and thinking you know is this the future of music you know uh, I was probably about eight and um, uh, y- you're never quite sure about you know everything that's that's kind of going on but a couple of years later uh, cliff richard and the shadows started to appear and um i was about 10 by then 10 11 and my brother and i used to grab the tennis rackets and um practice in front of the hall mirror you know the the, the steps of the shadows and um um yeah i mean that's it i mean we had such an eclectic and weird um mix of music my mother was in love with mario lanza and my dad used to sing like jim reeves so you know um and and we all had voices because well if you're not if you can't sing you're certainly not welsh you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) cool that's that i love that idea that very vivid memory of of you and your brother in front of the mirror, because I've got something similar, you know. And I think that's the things that kind of stick with you—that very kind of childlike excitement of just, of just kind of, first getting into music and feeling it kind of coursing through you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the the guitar thing when one of my dad's friends, because um, uh, they were still having uh, conscription and, and, and things like that up until. Uh, the end of the 50s, maybe even the early 60s. And when he went off to do his little 18 months in the army, one of my uncles, he left his guitar with us. So my brother and I used to, you know, make horrible sounds with it, you know, didn't even know how to tune it up properly. And then um, Bert Whedon brought out this book, Play in a Day, which I've still got my copy. It says on the top, Andy Scott's, you know, so. Um, it, if it wasn't mine, I nicked my brother's and uh, and wrote my name on the top of it. But um, <laughs> uh, he gave you insights with three fingers how to play simplistic chords. You know, um, you know the, the old uh, folk tunes. You know, like mm. three blind mice and 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 all, all all that kind of thing. Or if I had a hammer, and um, so. You know what once once you're getting the right noise out of a guitar i think you get more interested yeah um you know and and, and um i'm forever um grateful to bert Bert whedon you know and <laughs> yeah and i think if you talk to most guitar players i certainly know brian may has got still got his copy of, of wow. Playing the day
1: yeah, that's cool. I love that. Um, so as far as where we you started gigging back in 1963 with the Raz Jacks, obviously you played in several bands before auditioning for, for Sweet, including supporting Jimi Hendrix with the Silverstones. Um, but what was the moment for you personally where you thought, like, this is this is happening now? Like, was it the audition with Sweet or was it in bands before that? Was it kind of on top of the pops? Like, when was the moment when you really felt like this, this could be something...
0: Um, I was in, with the Razjacks, I was in like two or three other bands around, you know, within a couple of years, um, bands like the Four Winds and the Strangers. Mm. There was a a Wrexham uh, Rolling Stones, you know, they were... they weren't nasty we just looked nasty Um, uh, and uh, we used to play all the stone stuff and the old blue stuff Um, you know Howling Wolf uh, smokes that lightning Uh, and we were one of the few bands doing that most people were were playing chart stuff to get gigs whereas you know uh, The Missing Links uh, and it was a good name because we certainly looked a bit Neanderthal Um, (laughs) uh, was, was a different kind of band and it's, it wasn't until the Silverstones or the Silverstone set that I really felt that I was in a band that wanted to do something because mm-hmm. the Strangers were one of the best bands in the area and they had all the best equipment. And when I was asked to join that band, I thought because I was a bass player back then in mm. the early days, not a guitarist. Uh, so when I joined this, this is they had a guitar player who had a very expensive Gretsch guitar and he could play Havana Gila and put things like that behind his neck. You know, he used wow. to get, get and and, and, and do, do a little bit of a sabre dance at the same time, you know? <laughs> so um, I, I really thought that that band was going places, but but the two, the singer and him, they, they were like solicitors and worked in banks and, you know, they had jobs that they certainly weren't gonna give up. So <laughs> it wasn't until I joined the Silverstones where I really felt that something was happening because they had um, the, the, the lead singer, Uh, his mum was a manager of the band and she was such a force. You know, um, we we all got swept along with it. And we started to do um, TV shows in Wales. uh, Competitions. Um, I remember the first time I met Andy Fairweather Low was on on this um, uh, competition show in South Wales. Uh, And I then thought, right, we were a kind of jazz soul band. um, Everything from mose allison all the way through to um uh early st- stacks and some tamla motown and from there somebody at that tv sh- uh they said you should go on opportunity knocks you know the mm. old um huey green thing yeah and it was it was then that we, we we were on national tv and we won it five or six times so massive. You know and that's when we got to be the support for, for Jimi hendrix on his very first tour uh from from things like that we were playing a northern venue in manchester um i don't think it's it's a venue anymore but it was called the cis building the, uh, the new century hall and jimmy hendrix the week before they'd had bands like the four tops um and, and the temptations, you know, it was that kind of a venue, yeah. you know, where people would go to dance. And I think it was because Hendrix was black that they thought they were going to get something quite similar, because these these anomalies used to happen back then. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. you you had Frank Ifield on tour with the Who, and things things like like this, or or or, or um, uh, who was it, Helen Shapiro with the Beatles, you know, and and it just so happened that we went on and we were like well the not the the darlings of but one of the bands locally that was that had a good following mm-hmm. so we went on I, I've still got a review somewhere where it said and of course the silverstones, played a scintillating set and every, everything was fantastic. And then Jimi Hendrix um, came on and emptied the hall, you know, <laughs> which is ridiculous yeah, when yeah. you think about it. Absolutely ridiculous. But all, what it did was, it's the singer and myself were on the side of the stage. I mean, I could have almost touched Jimi. I was on his side of the stage. And I thought to myself, because I was already playing guitar as well, because mm. the bass player used to play sax in the Silverstone. Um, I would um, um, play guitar and bass you know it was one of those things I really wish I'd had a double necker back then um, and um, the um, the upshot of it was that having seen Hendrix we knew that there was a change coming in music and the yeah. singer and I we we formed another band within six months called The Elastic Band which um, was, was a much more progressive rock band and um, probably um how can i put it um i suppose jethro Tull meets um the graham bond organization um <laughs> with um and we got signed to Decca, and things things really started to happen and and at the same time th- this is the weird thing sweet were just starting out with their um that they, they'd released two or three things on on emi mm. you know they, they were part of that Greenaway and Cook, well, certainly Brian Connolly was as a singer, the, the, the Greenaway Cook thing. And I'm so glad because we, we talked about this afterwards. They were all, almost a, a band called the Pipkins because Greenaway Cook had written this song called Gimme That Thing and they were looking for somebody to be the, the foil for it. And Brian was asked, did, did he want to be one of the guys in the Looney Suits? And luckily he said no because that would have been the end of his his career mm. and and Sweet would never have broken forward and luckily the the two or three songs they did release on EMI even though they got played on radio rather a lot they weren't hits because i think that would have probably set us off on the wrong um on the wrong track and it, it's all about sliding doors with me if if, if you open the sliding door and you go one way, you know, or you go the other way, I happened to choose the right way and Sweet needed a guitar player at the right time Um, and as they say after that, everything moved in a different direction and I certainly brought something to the table that that was missing, should we say? Mm. You know, at least I have to think like that because all of a sudden, you know, we were we were away all over the mm. and bigger bigger away from from the UK than we were here.
1: Yeah, we're we're really interested in this, Andy, because we chat a lot to guests about that kind of like the how like how incredible life is like that where just moments seem to happen and they just seem to be right like you say at that point when when you enter sweet it's like they needed that that push and that impulse and that to and come in and take them to that next level but at the same time they were ready for that that's exactly what they needed at that point and there's so many different sliding doors as you say that get you to that point and if one of them slides a different way your entire life's completely different and we wouldn't be sat here now chatting to you you know it's it's incredible really when you look back
0: yeah yeah, I- I- exactly. I mean, uh, Steve, the bass player, Mick, the drummer, and myself, we were all on the same page musically. Mm. You know, we all loved The Who and Led Zeppelin and Deep Purple and Black Sabbath. And it was, a, it, it was right at that late 60s time, early 70s, where the three-piece guitar bass, drums with a singer was the way that the bands seemed to be going you know instead of having a rhythm guitar player or a keyboard player they were concentrating more on more guitar riff kind kind of things yeah. but um Phil Wainman the producer I think he saw something a little bit more than Nikki Chin did uh, Nikki Chin being part of the songwriting team all wow. he cared about was the songs that they were writing were, were going to you know get played and and give him the kind of fame that he craved Uh, whereas the band were more interested in how can we turn this away from those early pop hits into something a little more credible you know and it is remarkable that here we are 52 53 years later um still going on tour hopefully in november december in in the uk yeah man
2: And uh, speaking of that, all, all this time later, um, obviously last year you released the uh, Isolation Boulevard. Um, uh, th- th- this was, of course, uh, inspired by the the third album Desolation Boulevard. Um, did you have a certain vibe that you wanted to achieve this time around with the record, and um, if so, how did you go about this? Like particularly um, in isolation, you know, it's, a, it's a different thing. Isn't
0: it? Yeah difficult i i i have to say anybody who tells you that they got a bunch of singers and a bunch of musicians all online <laughs> and you see all these little pictures and they're all singing in time and in tune bullshit. <laughs> you know, that don't happen you know uh, however good zoom is or uh, however yes you send the uh, the file to somebody and he puts his part down and sends it back you need somebody to join the dots and put it all, like work the magic and put it all together. Then you can have everybody being filmed and and adjust the um, the pictures to, to go with it. We had a few things like that whereby the singer did a few things in his home studio, and um, um, our new bass player Lee did did something similar. But I tried to get them down here. In there was a period last, um, last year where lockdown was eased,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: we were able to have six people together and things like that September October something like that um, maybe August September and we had been uh, working on some um, some backing tracks um as re-records anyway but we, we didn't have enough and I remember finding some drum tracks some of those drum tracks are from live gigs um, and with the with the studio stuff that you can do you can change the drum sound slightly by if you, if you want a certain sound within the album, now you've got this magical way of basically saying, well, every time he hits the snare drum, it'll sound a bit more like that rather than mm-hmm. the original. And that's all we did. We, w- once I'd found uh, about a dozen drum tracks that we could work with, we, uh, we were off and running. Plus um, where where Bruce had to had to play some stuff, uh, he's not very technical, and he doesn't have stuff um, in in his place. You kind of help him and make him play things that you want him to play. And I wanted some loose endings. I didn't want things that that sounded trite, you yeah. know, with fades and things and think, things like that. So, um, luckily, we found um, like every time you play live, you've always got an ending, you know. So um, it became it became obvious that. Um, people wanted to hear the hits but i wanted to get in a couple of the um uh, the heavier tracks as well like set mm-hmm. me free and set me free had been recorded by um uh, saxon and uh, a, a few others i think think there's a version by def leopard that still hasn't been released so um i just wanted to get get that out there and lo and behold it actually went in some of the some of the charts now it's impossible to know what the real charts are anymore because of streaming, and um, yeah. you know how the hell can you use Spotify as, as uh, it's a gauge, but it's got nothing to do with sales as such. It's um, I mean we used to um, th- there were lorry loads of um, uh, vinyl going out when you know in in our day, so you so you knew you were selling records. Now it's very very difficult to you know t- t- to keep on top of everything that's going on and our fans still buy physical product mm. you know well they would you know it's it's like they still think of you know, downloading uh, as the work of the devil. You know, so. <laughs> it's because it
1: because it is Andy. That's yeah, why. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I, I mean, you mentioned about the the album and um, obviously came out last year, and and it having like you know some of the re-recorded old tracks that that you'd kind of already started to put together, as well as some of the heavier stuff. Um, how, for fans that have checked, they're watching the interview that haven't checked out the album. How would you describe it? Um,
0: it's it's. Um, a modern take on um, on what we do best basically cool. um, I've got a young band that I produce at the moment called the Nova Teens um, they're really fantastic, they're from Bath just just down the road from where I live and we've been in um, Peter Gabriel's studio in Bath a, a few times and oh, um, we, we, we've made a, an incredible pile, pile of um, uh, material they're so good, I can't believe that nobody um, signed them you know, and and they've got a, a little bit of a wizard uh, who enjoys um, the, the computer work. Because me and that um, don't ask me, you know, because it'll it'll get wiped and you won't find it again. <laughs> you know, you, you got to start looking at the dates w- when you recorded to try and find the files. Um, so a young kid who knows what he's doing. Um, I mean, he's not a kid; he's in his early twenties. Mm. But it's it's. Um, it's remarkable what somebody like that can bring to a band like Sweet.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, I let him have his head a little bit, you know, come awesome. on, show me what what you can do. And then I show him, you know, how to record things backwards in, in, in digital, you know, like reverse echoes and things. Yeah, yeah. Cause he, he's, he's, he just thinks that you turn the reverb round. And I said, no, you're, you're an idiot. You don't do <laughs> that. You know, you, you've got to record it backwards you know you've got to record the voice backwards with the reverb and then turn it over otherwise you don't get the same effect oh, and cool. and then he uh, he understands now um the analog side of things because you know i mean he, he is quite enamored when he sees my stack of 2 inch tapes you know the, the hundreds of things that i've got uh, lying around the place i don't have a machine anymore sadly uh, it it started to fall apart and don larkin is still Um, either going to sell it or repair it you know I I haven't worked it out yet it's been there been there for 12 years so um, (laughs) you know there you go (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's cool. I like the fact that you're giving them the opportunity to to learn from you, and you're learning from him, man. It's nice that you've got that that open-mindedness and whatnot. Well,
0: it, it, wisdom, it's the man. sound, um, a, a, a new head, um, with with what you can do in, in the digital field. Uh, my son um, thinks it's one of the best things that he's heard from the band, you know, and and he's in his, uh, well, he's 49 this year, um, but but he. Um, has heard everything, you know, mm. since he was a kid. And it's, um, it's remarkable that he thinks we sound fresh again. You know, um, I mean, to me, I'm, I'm just sitting there going, no, do another mix, That um, you, you're missing this and that. So I, I, I'm still thinking it, it sounds similar, but obviously um, the, the little bit of um, the, the old, uh, what was it, have you heard a tape by the Trogs? From the 60s recorded in the re- in the studio where um reg presley is having a go at the drummer no, no, this tape? No, no, anyway um he basically uh, th- there's some kind of guy in there a producer of sorts and he said so what do you want me to do then he said sprinkle sprinkle some fairy dust or o- over the tape and all of a sudden it's going to sound fantastic you know well that's what digital can do It'll, <laughs> it's that little bit of fairy dust. you know <laughs>
2: Um, so, uh, Sweet are on tour in November with uh, Limehouse Lizzie. Um, the band have obviously got like a wealth of material at this point in, in your career. Um, what comes into deciding a setlist at this point um, to kind of cover this like timeline that you now have? Um, and, and is there any like fans like can fans expect any surprises? Any, any that you throw in there?
0: Well, they could always expect surprises because I'm still alive and I'll, I'll step <laughs> on the stage. You know? um, yeah, we do try and throw something new in it with each tour. Um, uh, they keep asking for um, a song called, um, uh, and, and we haven't performed it in its entirety, uh, the, the full version since the seventies, when we actually used to carry uh, an extra guitar player and a couple of keyboard players um uh, on, on the later tours in America um, because it, it it it's got a, um it, it's called uh, Windy City and um, you don't need that you can pair it right down so I'm really hoping that um, uh, that we can get to grips with it and we we, we get the um, the guy who is the setting guitar and and keyboards to um, get his ha- instead of half learning it learn it all all the little bits like you have done with love is like oxygen Don't think you can you know you can fanny your way through it because <laughs> it doesn't work like that it's so yeah it's got lovely little little complexities and without them uh, it's um, I, I'm not saying it's just another heavy metal song but it's but it, it, it's like a pub band playing a who song. <laughs> you know, you walk into the pub and you think, oh, they, they should know, um, can't explain, but they fucking don't. <laughs> you know, there's something that, that the who do and the sweet do that make it that way. You know, um, uh, I was talking to um, uh, people. I, I mean, I've got to know people like Steve Lukather. And We were hmm. talking about: um, are, are you precious? Do you have to have your guitars and amps? There? He said, "Well, I wouldn't mind having my guitar." But he said, "Whatever amp I plug through, it still sounds like me." And I said, hmm. "Exactly. You know, it will always. It's it's in the fingers. It's in the it's in the, the arms. It's in it, it, in what you do. Certain people press the strings like like uh, Tony Iommi. You know, he, he, I think he presses the strings." On the neck, harder than, than most people, and and Richie Blackmore doesn't. You know, he he, he Harry Fairies. You know, uh, it sounds big, but it's he's he, he's not touching it much. You know, and mm. you know, so we, we've all got our. I mean, if you pick uh, Richie's guitar up and, and you press hard on the string, it'll change. It'll uh, you'll have that mic, micro. It won't, won't be quite as in tune because he's used to playing it with with the high frets. You know. Mm.
1: No, I love Absolutely. diving. I love diving into that sort of conversation though, because I'm, I'm a guitarist, and I, lo- I find it really interesting. You know, I mean, with that kind of in mind, when you when you initially auditioned for Sweet back in the day, we talk a lot to bands about kind of the character you are on stage and and kind of developing that because i mean i always find that when i when i'm on stage i've got a different persona than i am when i come off it i mean particularly for you when you audition for the suite with that, that whole kind of glam band image you know what did you go into the audition with a character in mind and and what you wanted to portray and, and how has that changed over time to obviously where you are now you know
0: um it wasn't like that in the beginning they just wanted somebody who could play well yeah i like because- that yeah, because the, the, there was no um, and a voice, uh, and my voice is the high, the high voice is. Mm. So, um, w- when you join for four part harmony, mine always sits on the top. Yeah, and and it it, it was something natural to do. And remember, we were doing a lot of covers. Um, uh, we, we even had a, a medley of Who songs, and uh, I remember Pete Townsend um, saying. In an interview, that he, he snuck into a sweet gig and was, was amazed how, uh, how, how good the, the, the Who medley was that night. You know, oh, so, wow. I bet that meant know, a so, lot to
1: you personally, being a big big Who fan.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, it, it's things things like, like that. And um, I mean, I was into uh, bands, you know, like Spirit and um, Crazy Horse. And um, so when I joined, I, I basically said in, instead of doing the hits of today we should have a a set that's a little bit more in tune with you know um songs that they recognize like eight miles high by the birds you know Mm. um rather and and i knew we could do it because of the vocal our vocal ranges and uh and 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 i think there's a bbc recording of that somewhere Uh, and um so you start to develop a set that's different from all the other new bands that are coming through the the cover bands because you've only had one or two hits, and they're not really what you want to be playing. So you know, in your set, you're playing um, a couple of um, Led Zeppelin songs and mm. and and a few of the um, you know like Buffalo Springfield or something yeah. like that to to just to, to just mix it up. And and back then you had to play two 45-minute sets. So one would be uh, the early one would be slightly more poppy and the and the, the later one would would have some of the the more drama in it you know uh, but probably by late 72 when glam was really starting to you know for want of a better word was starting to kick in and um mark bolan was the uh, the cheerleader mm. you know you you then start to develop something on stage you you can't just chuck your amp on stage and play you know you you, you want to dress it up a little bit more so you know it probably took us um, a good year year and a half before you know things started to um, to happen I I remember dragging Mick along to see Slade uh, at the end of 1971 because I knew I knew the band you know from the Elastic Band days when they were called the In-Betweens and and I said, they are gonna go places, you know. They, I don't think they'd even had a hit by then. We'd already had one or two. And and they released um, Cause I Love You, you know, with um, with the bass player playing the violin. And we went to this place in London, the old boathouse a Cube Bridge. I have never heard anything so fucking loud in all my life. <laughs> and uh, Mick and I both looked at them and went, yeah competition, lots of competition here you know so so all of a sudden and we, we'd met Mark Bowen at a, at a German um, award ceremony where we were the new best new band in Germany and and there were two those those two moments of um, of, of, of us realizing that um, we're playing a bit of catch-up here and uh, by 73 you know we had caught up you know, mm-hmm. with, um, uh, with, with with songs like uh, Blockbuster and Ballroom Blitz, you yeah.
1: know. No, Fair play to you, I bet it was an exciting time to feel part of that scene, and to, and to be fair, it feels like you and the boys adapted really well to it, because some bands can really stick to what they know and what they feel is comfortable, whereas you had that drive and that determination to want to, to not jump on the bandwagon, but you felt like it was a natural progression. You, you know, every band needs to adapt a little bit to the scene in order to, to move forward.
0: Well, you need to find yourself um, mm. and um, on albums um, like Sweet Fanny Adams and Desolation Boulevard and then the he- what's known as the heavy metal album, Give Us A Wink, mm. we were developing differently from what you were hearing on the UK and um, it's like boxes, they like to put you in boxes or you, if you're a leopard. And you got spots. You're always going to be a leopard, even even though you're now painting yourself with tiger stripes. Mm. And and it's a bit like that in in the UK. You, uh, it's very very difficult. It doesn't appall me, but nobody. It, it's it's almost lazy journalism. Whereby even today, I do an interview with a paper, and they go for a stock image from 1971, 72. Mm. You know, and you're looking at it, and you're thinking. Well, there's loads better than that out there you know but it's it's what they've got in their library and they show it up and say oh yeah i remember sweet look looked a bit like that you know not now <laughs> you know. so so we, we we are trying to um put imagery uh, of the band today um it's been m- quite difficult in the pandemic you know getting us all together but mm, we could yeah, cool. we could do with a new um a new band photo but. Um, you know, you're just going to make sure that when you do in- interviews, that the right photos are used. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. you?
1: All. Well, like you, you have like the, my next question will be about the next chapter of the band. You know, and, and it is chapters. You know, and you, and it feels like yourself and Sweet have still got loads to give. You know, so you want people to, to to portray that that it's current and that it's active and moving forward. And for yourself, like, what do you see as the as the next chapter for yourself and the band, like after?
0: The um, I have said this a couple of times, but I really do believe that this lineup um, with Paul, Paul Manzi as the lead singer and uh, Lee Lee Small's now in as the bass player—he's he's got an incredible voice as well—with uh, Bruce and myself, mm. I really do think that this lineup deserves to be heard. Yeah, and. All the way through the pandemic, yeah. um, I was determined to, you know, to at least get something out there. And of course, you know, it got um, the stuff that we did release. Um, you know, still got the rock and set me free. You know, did get some play. You know, mm-hmm. on um, a fair bit more on commercial radio and radio stations like Planet Rock. But it also, but the BBC also played. Um, played stuff That's set cool. me free was a, a more of a late night thing and still got the rock was um you know was played on a couple of the um you know the uh, the usual shows in in the daytime not playlist stuff you know whereby you know like like Ed Sheeran or Girls allowed or whatever. Who's the other lot? That there's another lot. Of, we, <laughs> we, women we stay out there. clear of that world, Andy. Yeah. It. Yeah. But 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 that's the problem, you see. Everywhere you go, you hear the same thing, hmm. and uh, that's not healthy. I don't think. No, Not at all. You know, you you you've got to mix it up. You've got, to, and it's very very difficult today. And and I'm not knocking it, but there is a glut of singer songwriters because of people like. Um, Ed she- Sheeran, who writes fantastic material, but you know, all of a sudden, you you've got a choice. Who is that? You know, it, it could be could be one of a dozen people, yeah. and and there are names that, that that crop up. Um, you know, winning, um, the uh, at the Brits. You know, well, the Brits when, yeah, when we were coming through, you know, was not a big pizzazz thing. It was just um, a few people back back slapping you know, in the, um, in the restaurant below the, the, the Cumberland hotel or something, you know, and, and bands like us, um, ne- never used to get invited. So, you know, fuck them, <laughs> you know? And and I think it's because of the Grammys and, you know, all, all this stuff, they, um, Brit- Britain felt it needed to, you know, to kind of catch up and, um, I'm. I'm not cynical, but I don't ever see us um, being inducted into any halls of fame anywhere. I mean, we have in Germany and and, and places like that in Australia. I think I think we um, we we were honoured as like a, some lifetime award, and we got a lifetime radio award in Europe somewhere. And you know that 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 to me is um, is is where we are. Um, I think that the UK uh, has a does have a narrow view I mean you don't even hear ab- uh, about um, bands like um, Led Zeppelin very much only when they're releasing some um, fantastic box set of, of, of stuff um, uh, at least the who seem to be keeping themselves in the mainstream and and playing places like um, like like Glastonbury. you know it's a it's a funny old world as um jimmy greaves used to say
1: <laughs> now i mean it's i mean like I, I like the fact though i kind of feel that for you andy like getting that airplay with the songs from the album that you did in, in lockdown kind of kind of means more to you than than that kind of like playlist recognition or to to know that people still Want to give a platform to the band and are still really mm-hmm. you know receptive to that i think it's really cool and like you say particularly because you have so much faith in that in that in that lineup you know and i think like you say so obviously you've got the uk tour with Limehouse mouse lizzie which kicks off in brighton at the chalk uh 25th november of this year um and folks could obviously check that out and check out this lineup you know in all its glory which i think is probably when it's at its best isn't it
0: yeah i was gonna say um having a band like Limehouse lizzie as um as the opening act you know um we're going to have to be on our toes here, I think, because because mm. they're really really bloody good, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Big one, the, yeah. le- the one, the legendary bands on the circuit. I've been. Thinking.
0: Yeah, I'm. Ju- I'm just hoping. I'm going to certainly send him a message. I'm hoping that uh, Scott might might show up at the London date, you know. Oh, um, awesome. But 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 maybe he. He doesn't like the idea of there being a, a Thin Lizzie that's pretty good. I I just don't know. I'll talk to him about that.
1: It'd <laughs> <laughs> be cool. It'd be cool to see him Rock up and uh, to see what he thinks of it. It's a good lineup, man. I think a lot of people will be will be really mm. excited for it. Do you have any other shows coming up? Or Is it mainly just focused on that tour?
0: Uh, well, we've got one at the beginning of September that I'm involved with as the uh, as part of the original three guys who started it. We all ended up. Um, my, my local publican. Richard uh, Bowlu and uh, Johnny Callis, uh, John Grubby Callis, works for McCartney. Um, He's his sound man, and myself, uh, we all ended up with um, mine was prostate cancer, so was Johnny's, and uh, Richard had a uh, eye socket cancer. um, So you'd never know but he, he's, he, he when he's had a few beers he gets a bit lazy that that one you know and you know we we, we always said that the the area behind the pub is a big kind of field and you know you, you sometimes see half a dozen caravans on there you know in the summer and i thought surely there's a better use of it you know mm-hmm. and uh, we we uh, we now have this um festival it's a two-dayer this year um called rock against cancer oh fantastic um the website is uh, concert at the kings um on the saturday is uh billy ocean um steve harley and cockney rebel suite and the electric strobes they're they're bringing the you know the the full band this time and a few of the local acts like the Nova teams are playing on the Saturday oh, as well. And then on the Sunday, um, we've got um, 10CC, you know, Graham and the lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got um, the SAS band. I don't know if you've heard of these. Um, Spike, um, the keyboard player for, for Queen, has his own uh, outfit called SAS, Spike's All Stars. And he, he, he usually brings along, like, I, I'm, I'm hearing um i don't know whether i should be saying this but i'm uh, some of some of the um names are you know quite stellar uh, oh, that he brings along you know singers singer wise it's yeah. a little bit like um um bands like uh uh bill wyman's rhythm kings you know where you'll have a couple of very well-known singers mm-hmm. with him and and the same with um uh jules holland you know yeah, he, yeah. he'll he'll have uh, and and spikes like that but it's more of a rock band you know like guitar keyboards um, might have a brass section a couple of backing singers and and uh, uh, other singers will get up now they'll probably play last because they're more like a, a show within itself
1: yeah it sounds like it yeah similar yeah, to and,
0: uh, and it's um yeah, it's a good lineup. Oh, and Lindisfarne are coming in on Sunday. Oh, brilliant. As well. Oh, I've yeah. got
1: a soft spot for Lindisfarne.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I love uh, when they. These are all bands who have played uh, on previous um, occasions, you know, and we mm. decided this year after the pandemic to invite back as many people who've played previously. Um, and um, yeah, Lindisfarne were great when they played here uh, the last time.
1: So that sounds like a great weekend.
0: And I can walk to this. <laughs> yeah. that's definitely the number one yeah number one yeah. yeah so 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 when they're doing sound checks or when it's in full flow if i'm not down there i can still hear it so
1: <laughs> fantastic no people should definitely check that out that's brilliant
0: yeah the, the website is concertatthekings.co.uk fantastic too do um one thing that we'd like to finish the show on uh, it's a bit of a hypothetical question.
2: Um, so if if you could tour with one band from the past and one band from the present, who would they be?
0: You mean as Sweet or, or me? It's up to you. Yes. Yeah, it's, we'll yeah. It's, 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 it's call it your tour. <laughs> um, well, we've been very lucky in the past, and um, in America, you know, performed alongside, you know, Alice Cooper and mm-hmm. Kiss and um, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band and yeah. uh, Cheap Trick. Kansas, Journey, REO Speedwagon. Are you just you know. showing
1: off now, Andy? <laughs>
0: well, you know, um, it, it's what happened, you know. Oh, no, no uh, it's just, that's you. you've earned it, man. You've earned it. it we, yeah. we, you know, we were lucky that we, we, had, um, we had a few that, that went in the, um, you know, not not... Never had a number one, but, you know, we're high in the billboard charts for, for a while. And then, of course, towards the end of the 70s, you become what's known as the best or a good sandwich band. So they have a new band starting, Us in the Middle, and then a headline act. Um, uh, and, and the bands today... Um, that's quite a difficult one. I mean, I actually produced um, something very early on with Iron Maiden. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, and um, it 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 didn't um, it didn't see the light of day. Um, they wanted um, the the version of um, uh, Running Free mm. uh, that was released is still that's the demo. They wanted me to with with the new lineup with, with the new drummer mm. to uh, they thought they could just get the drummer to play along to a track that's out of time and i said good luck with that you know i you could probably do it today digitally
3: you yeah, know yeah.
0: you could probably straighten it up a bit but back then what was recorded was recorded and i mm. said well it's out of time there so he's gonna he's still gonna have to play out of time you Know so, uh, we we laid down a, a really good backing track and we're waiting for Paul Diano who had d- pulled a muscle or strained himself in his stomach. Um, I'm now wondering whether, um, they just wanted to get it out so that they could then get rid of him and get a, get another singer in, you know. Yeah, he, maybe. He, yeah.
3: He,
0: you know, th- th- there's all kind, kind kinds of things that go on here. Um, but today, um, <laughs> I mean. I have a I have a hot a, a soft spot you know for for certain bands but there is only one rock band today that 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 you'd want to and I'd love to meet him because I haven't um is Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters you know mm. that that would be fantastic you know Cool. So you'd have, you'd know, so If you're looking for a support band, Dave. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously a regular. A big, watcher, big
1: fan yeah. of the show. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: big fan of the show, Andy. So you, you did the right thing. So that yeah, be you, your
0: new, so that be your new you'll band. Get, you'll, 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 get that message then.
1: Yeah, we'll pass it on. Don't worry. We've seen him tomorrow, so we'll, we'll pass, <laughs> we'll pass it on, mate. So that, so there, your new band. Who would be your old band? Time to, to Um
0: <laughs> Well, um, I suppose if I went all the way back. Um, I would probably still choose, because we used to love... Whenever the Elastic Band played in London, the Graham Bond organisation, which had Ginger Baker on drums, um, Jack Bruce on bass, and Dick Hextel Smith playing the saxophones, sometimes two at a time, you know, (laughs) know, and Graham Bond um, playing the the Hammond organ. And Jack Bruce used to play a six-string bass, so he was sounding you know, all over the place. Mm. And that, that for me was, um, if, if there is anything up on YouTube, you should go and check it out. I really want to uh, check that out. It sounds great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but then, you know, once again, um, I never got to go to America in the sixties, but so bands like the Buffalo Springfield and spirit, you know, Randy, California, um, uh, the doors, I saw them at the roundhouse, um, when, when they when they came to London and that was completely you know <laughs> fantastic as well you know uh,
1: that's the. I mean I'm a big Buffalo Springfield fan as well and I'd, I'd love to see seen the doors just just legendary stuff mm. we'll go with the Graham Bond Banks. because I think that's something that yeah, Graham Bond like, yeah, organization Graham Bond organization yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the tour is we're having Foo Fighters open, yeah. Dave will be fine about that. We'll have a word. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all right about that, and then we'll have Sweet in the middle, as you say, the filler band. <laughs> and then we'll have the Gray the and Bond organization. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it sorted for next year. Yeah, and uh, it'll be. Yeah. Thanks every so much for your time, and mm, Appreciate appreciate. Yeah. Like we said, you can catch The Suite on their November UK tour. Um, you can get tickets direct from their website or, I believe, from Gig Cartel. Um, and definitely go and check it out, because as Andy said, this lineup is is such a great representation of the band. And with Limehouse Lizzie as well, that'll be a that'll be a riot.
0: Good night. I, I, I'm just intrigued. You're not fans of The Far Side, are you? <laughs> Gary Larson. No, no, I've never heard of The to Far call Side. Your, to call your show, is it Beyond the Vibe?
1: It is, yes. It
0: is. Yeah, well... I think gary larson's got one of his cartoon books that's called something like you know beyond the something and i i I just thought thought to myself yeah i wonder that wonder whether they've got that sort of off the wall sense of humor here we'll have to
1: check it out yeah we'll we'll have
0: to pretend in future that that's
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that was our intention (laughs) because that sounds way cooler than the robber the real reason which is probably just me and ryan just saying loads of yeah (laughs) Uh, we'll check that out that sounds cool thanks ever yeah. so much for your time I really appreciate it man no, pro- no problem really enjoyed chatting to you yeah and that was Andy Scott of The Suite uh, we said it after the interview didn't we Mr Basie, that, that- it flowed so well chatting to Andy like I, I felt like he's, he I mean, he's probably spoke about the band for a long time mm. and he's a, pretty much a pro at it but it was cool it was like you know, he didn't go on for too long he wasn't as too nostalgic you know as we said before and it was it was really cool and like we said I, I love the fact that he's looking forward and believes this lineup is is one of the best representations of the band
2: yes and for, for me I, I like the you know as, as we said just then it's like there's there's so much enthusiasm Um, to talk about you know just generally everything he's done but then what he's going to do um, and what he's done recently it's like Like you know, you could become quite jaded or bored of perhaps answering similar questions over the years because you know he's he's been at this game a long time.
1: It was uh, nice, funny. He was really receptive to what we were for the nonsense we were flying at him, and he seemed really seemed really up to it. I'd have to admit that before the interview, (laughs) I I told him that I was a bit unwell recently and that I cried at a West Ham documentary. And uh, I think at that point he thought, "Fucking hell, what have we got on (laughs) our (laughs) hands?" But to be fair to him, he was an absolute gentleman and a saint and I i've really enjoyed chatting to him man. I felt inspired chatting to him. It was it was nice. He made me want to try and record vocals backwards with and then mm. reverse the, the reverb. I might do that tonight till four in the morning. So Andy, if I get sacked tomorrow, it's just all on your shoulders man. <laughs> um, but yeah enjoyed it. It's uh it was I liked I liked that dip into that era and, and I like the, the, the way you spoke about how quickly things changed at that time as well. So yeah. you know what I mean? Like within a couple of months it's like people start doing this and then it's like you're catching up with them a little bit, you know, it's, um, I imagine because there's have so, so many so much new stuff mm. that's happening at that time i imagine the surge of the wave is is so immense you know so much different than ever, anything we'll probably ever experience in our time because everything's really happened hasn't it
2: mm. and uh you know one, one of the big things for me was when he talked about um being kind of inducted into i believe it was like a, a german equivalent of like a war of Fame. yes which is amazing yeah. you know to you seem very the big in germany yeah but it's 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 you know like the germans are big on like rock and mm. and that whole metal scene and stuff and to be held in that regard yeah to hold to hold them uh, so highly after all these years is it shows that there's you know there's, there's real quality still there isn't it you
1: know um, and we'll be going to check them out when they tour with limehouse lizzie yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go to our local rock city of course in nottingham and uh, and have a chat with andy so yeah no i'm looking forward to that i've never seen the suite
2: no neither have i i, I think so it'll be a, be a cool experience a, a new experience
1: um, that is, of course, it for this week
2: on Beyond the fight. But uh, if you like what we're doing, uh, you can uh, subscribe, and uh, and then uh, you know we can continue to you know show content
1: and have uh, new things <laughs> okay, <laughs> i didn't did i put you off with my gas
2: <laughs> you threw me off
1: i love it I love, off. it I love it i love it so, I, got, I got one in for this yeah. episode
2: <laughs> but uh, of course if you want to find out uh, what guests we're going to have uh, you can like our facebook page as well where every Wednesday from 10am, uh, we reveal who that guest is in the form of a trailer.
1: We do indeed, and as we say every week, we have all different types of guests. I think the past two weeks have probably showcased that. You know, yeah. we're very lucky to chat to some awesome people, whether they be part of the new wave of classic rock, or whether they be part of the older bands that are, you know, being a bit more nostalgic, but also looking forward to what's next for them. And you know, if you like Ryan said, if you subscribe, just lets us know you're enjoying the vibe. It gives us the motivation to keep doing what we're doing. If if you don't enjoy it, you don't need to post dog poo through my letterbox like you have been doing <laughs> i prefer if you didn't do that you know just, just don't subscribe we prefer if you subscribe you, know, you mm. know but thanks for enjoying the vibe and uh, yeah we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as YouTube but if you get here you get extra content like our top tens um, alongside getting to see our lovely faces
2: yes and of course this week uh, you get to see uh, Andy Scott's amazing
1: hair <gasps>
2: so <laughs> magical which you can only see if you watch the video it's magical so uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify
1: you got to get over to YouTube to check all of those amazing things out <laughs> it's 100% amazing it's even better over. it's even better over Zoom so make sure you don't miss out on that but thank you for joining the vibe we love you all and we'll see you next week mm. see you next week <laughs>